0: In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots podcast. We're your hosts, Schmidt Dua and Mason Ginsberg, and this is All Pelicans All the Time. the note, we are now going to answer the questions you submitted to us, um, and we are going to have a lot of fun with it. So without further ado, because you guys have been waiting for a very long time, we're going to get started. Mason, I think we can do this our regular way of just going back and forth. I am happy to kick this off for you. So question number one, JJ's burner says are B.I. and Zion going to be upset about Zoe or are the media guys
1: over-hyping over, over hyping it for clicks? Um, I Well, first of all, do we even... I guess B.I. is generally a quiet guy, and so I don't think he's been pushed that much unless I miss something on the Lonzo situation. I feel like more noises come from Zion saying that you he know, hope to re-sign him. I, I feel like it's a, you know, there's are they going to miss him? Yeah. I, I, I think that they clearly like had a, had a positive relationship, but also like, I, I feel like it is, it's overblown. It's something to another thing to tie <laughs> time inspector last podcast, another thing just to slam the Pelicans for if you're, if that's your your jam. Um, So I'm not, I'm not too worried. And if it's, if it's about Zoe, it's not really about Zoe. It's about, well, you lost, we lost Zoe and, and we didn't do as much as I wanted to, to replace him, which is, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like they're going to like Devontae a lot. So um, I, I, I hope that that's not you know a, a, something that they're too concerned about, but I don't know. I think it's, it's, a, if it's, again, if they're upset, it's about the entire big, big picture, less about like a guy because this is a business and I think even younger players get that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think one thing um, an executive told me once is that guys are generally, they feel strongly, when they don't want a guy on the team, and when when it comes to keeping a guy on the team, they're generally ambivalent, um, except for very rare cases. And so, I think this is one of those situations where, if the Pelicans are winning,
1: they are not going to care. Cool. Yep. Next, yep. next question. Yeah. So um, this is this one is from um, this one's from Coach Jerry uh, at Coach Jerry Three, and the question is. How big of a difference will Willie Green make on this young roster compared to Stan Van Grumpy? And I mostly just wanted to read that because he calls him Stan Van Grumpy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea, right? You know, like, I don't know if there's any like tangible evidence that there's one methodology that works better than the other. Um, the, the prevailing thing for me has always been talent. And, and so that's going to drive more wins. But if, if things about Stan, uh, that people say are, are true and things about Willie that people say are true then the Pelicans players are in for a pretty big uh, change when it comes to the coaching styles or you know one is a guy who is relentlessly negative and overcritical, and one is a guy who is built to be um, very emotionally intelligent and just in tune with what the players need and what they want to hear um, you know what Brian Pannoni the public league coach did a podcast with true hoop and and he said while they were in Vegas he was observing Willie Green the whole time and he compared him to Ted Lasso in in terms of just knowing how to push guys button and really bring them together and being really um in control over his own emotions and so I don't know if that's going to translate to more wins. I do think that the team is going to have more fun time playing.
1: I I think that's really fair. Because I've I've said for years um, that a coach shouldn't have to be the guy to motivate an NBA player to try harder. Um, I I think that that responsibility falls on the players who are professionals to do that. That being said, I used to be just – Firmly on one side of the camp here. I've come off. I, I, I'm, I'm I've loosened up on that a little bit, and I think that I, I I'm willing to concede that for certain players it does matter. I, I think broadly uh, for most of the league that it doesn't. Like your coach isn't going to help make a tangible impact on how hard you play. Um, I, I think that there are some players who who that's not true and, and who really does matter. And so I don't know. How many of those players are on the Pelicans right now? I've, I have that's one thing I, I I can't say. I have no idea, but I think it's fair to say that there are at least a couple who you know maybe will are motivated that way and and, and will play harder because they you know they like a guy more. And so I think you might see might see an uptick, but I don't I, I don't think it's you know a, a huge difference. Yeah, I agree. I think
0: we are both in agreement on that point. So I'm going to move on to the next question which is going to be about one of my favorite upcoming players this is from giddy for giddy it was at woke lonzo i think it's going to be one of the few lonzo fans stands that are going to stay around he's generally been fun to interact with and and not a not a dick so we keep him around Um, is what is trey murphy's role over the course of
1: the season Man, um, this we could probably. Uh, I, I was looking at a question too uh, that was that touches on a broader topic that ties that ties into this. But what um, I, I think, it, man, I would like to see him start. I, I think that it sets him up best for success. I think we saw in summer league enough to say that he's got a skill set that can make a contribution quickly. I don't know if I'm not saying it's going to be a massive net positive on the rookie year. I think that would be ambitious, but I do think if you're going to try to maximize his skill set, um, putting him alongside the players like, like Zion and BI and um, you know, and, and Valance Yunus and whoever you started guard uh, I think there's enough shot creation out there to get him really high quality looks. And if he can continue the, the, the strong defensive um, you know uh, start he had in Vegas um, as far as uh, you know, overall IQ and just defensive awareness. I, I think that, I, I would like to see him as a starter. Maybe it's only like a 20 minutes per game starter. That probably that probably would make a good bit of sense to me, but that's where I'd like to see him slot in. Um, and hey, maybe preseason shows that that's not a good idea, but at least to start preseason game one, I would love to see Murphy in the starting lineup. I agree. Why not? I, I just yeah. don't see, you know, let
0: let him show you why not, if that's the case. And, and you're right. I completely agree about the shot creation and, and the quality of looks that he's going to get. And I think that's going to be um, at its best with, with the starters rather than, than off the bench. And I think he's going to be low touch. Like look, people say low usage, but I really think what they mean is touch. And I think he's going to be low touch enough to where he functions well with the starters and the touches that he's going to get, are just going to be very, very open looks. So I'm, I'm excited to see him and, and how they deploy him, because I really think he can be a versatile player. He can, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in his career, maybe even this year, he's playing the small ball five.
1: He's a huge dude. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, I, I, mean, I looking forward to it and I really hope that we see that in the preseason or at least you see him get a decent number of minutes with the starters. Maybe he's not starting preseason game one, but, but they can get him minutes with, with the starting lineup and to and see how it, how it fits. Um, let's let's talk a little broader then so um actually a good friend of mine uh andrew so a wind m1 asked about anticipated rotations if the season started tomorrow and so i think this is that last question about Murphy's a good segue and so um let's let's talk about the i mean we we all I think we can pretty easily agree that um we know who the other so we, we know that Zion Valence Eunice and Ingram are starting so that means, you know, what, what, what do you feel like for the rest of the starting lineup and, and overall rotations? If, you know, what do you think is going to happen, and then what do you want to happen? What I think will happen is Devontae
0: and Nikhil start. Um, what I want to happen is Trey and one of Devonte and Nikhil. And I, I, I go back and forth on this, and depending on what they need, I think I, think I want Devontae over Nikhil if I'm starting Trey just to give me a little bit better creation and a little more high volume shooting. And I'll, I let me let Na get his touches, um, and shots up in a less starter heavy rotation, but I'm happy to close games out with a keel.
1: I've gone back and forth on this as well. And actually I may have gone. So I previously I was in your camp. I, I, I was, saying, let's go with Murphy and Devonte, I can see the argument for Nikhil now. And I feel like the reason is I want similar to, it's a similar concept to Trey Murphy. I want to set Nikhil up for success as quickly as possible. And I, I whereas I'm confident in Devante, he he's clearly already carved out what his, what his role is and what he's good at. Um, and obviously there's room to improve. He was, he's got awful at the rim. And and so there's still, I, I think the case for Graham also is if you create more space for him um, he can start to improve on that number and gain more confidence in, inside. Um, but I think that for Nikhil, it's also, it's as important. I mean, I think he's, he's one of the biggest X factors for the, for how this team goes this season. And so if you put him on the floor with Zion, with Ingram, um, even with Valanciunas, you, you take some pressure off of him. Um but also, I, your your, your argument is very uh, a, a salient one too. That you know, maybe he doesn't have as many possessions, and, and you want to give him the opportunity, for the reps to to really improve, and maybe that's better suited for him in a six man type role.
0: Yeah, well, I think the the other pro Nikhil argument is defense, and and I think true. Yep. If you you know, I think he Nikhil is your best backcourt defender. He just is. And he has a knack for, for better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has a, he has a knack for generating deflections and steals and getting in the past lanes. He's also a big guard. You know, he's around six six. And and so if you're if he's the smallest guy on the floor for you, then I like that. You know, I, I like that proposition. And and maybe the Pelicans are able to disrupt and play a more aggressive style of defense than, you know, say with someone like Devontae. And so it, it's really going to come down to, hey, um, our offense is probably going to be good enough with all of those guys. And if we can get our defense really good too, then shoot, maybe that, that, that is the unit.
1: Is there any world
0: you see Najee starting?
2: Um,
0: yeah. I mean, I can see it. I think, I think in that world for sure, Devontae
1: starts. I agree with that. I think you you, you need a, a high a high volume three point shooter if you're going to start Najee. So I'm with you 100 percent.
0: Yeah, I, I prefer to let Najee rock out on the bench. Just let him do everything he needs to. do. And again, happy closing with him. You
1: said you'd be closing with him?
0: I, if, if we need to. Right. Oh, so okay, like, yeah. 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 I, I would like there not to be a set closing lineup. Yeah. I would like there to be, hey, we close based on what's needed, unlike Stan Van Gundy. Blood so,
1: blood so till we die. Right.
0: And, and so, yeah, that's, that's the goal for me is like, okay, we need to close small. Yeah, let's close with Najee and Trey, right? We need to close athletic. Let's close with Jackson, right? We need a, we need Jonas in there. Okay, fine. We're closing with Jonas. Whatever is needed, um, do so. And I think Willie Green is going to be much more willing to do so than Stan ever was. I guess that, that would be my follow up question for you is how many players can you see the Pelicans closing games with?
1: Um, man, probably. So if you, so so Zion Ingram, balance Eunice, um, Nikhil, Graham, Naji, I you. Murphy's very questionable. I mean, he could, he could show out and he can be a guy who's who can defend at a high enough level and make threes. And so maybe that's the guy you need, but I think maybe less the loss of an expectation on him to close games as a rookie. But I mean, that's at least, I mean, if you include him, that's, that's eight. Um, can I you really see sh- a world where Jackson closes? Man, that's tough. I, I don't, I don't see it. Not yet. What about um, Sadransky? No, I don't. What
0: about what about Josh Hart? Nope.
1: You don't see a world where Josh Hart closes games? Man, I, I just don't see the. I mean, injuries—that's <laughs> what I see. I don't. Oh. I don't see a role. I mean, like unless he can start shooting at, from a higher at a higher percentage, like no, I don't.
0: I don't know, man. Small ball, I can see
1: it. But if like it's if... small ball, I just see other other better options. Like like if you want to go, Nikhil, um, uh. Nikhil, Devante, Ingram, Zion, and then Yeah, I don't know. I pref- Najee Nagy just feels like a better Josh Hart to me. So why would I play with Hart?
0: <laughs> I think you could play both of them if you want to close small.
1: And who are you taking out though?
0: I mean, you would just I guess You'd- Nikhil, maybe. I mean, you could you could put Nikhil in there. Be Nikhil, Josh, Bi, Zion, Najee. That could be a lineup.
1: It's a very switchable lineup. So yeah, there's value there. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I, I say no at, at first. Um, I'm happy to be proven wrong because that would mean Josh Hart playing better than I expect. Um, so I'm, I'm at like honestly with, at full strength, like seven point five players with the half being if Trey Murphy really really shows out. Well, the good news is that's. Many more players than they had an option for last year. <laughs> they they had four players, and they had and they had, and they had to play five. I guess they don't have to play five, but <laughs> I think they had three players. Yeah, fair play enough. <laughs> Um.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, that is uh, that's interesting. Interesting question. Kind of related to that. Um, AJ Vallon asks: Rank them list most to least likely to be on the roster next year i'm guessing at the end of at the end of the season so he goes heart Valentinus,
1: kyra and sanoransky oh interesting um there, uh, so i think so by the so we're saying by the end of the season or past yeah. the trade deadline okay yes, yes. So i think i think um heart's most likely to be gone that that contract like you've already referenced is made for trade um so i put him number one um I think Sadoransky is a close second, if not first, just because he's the, he's the one whose role is hardest to define. And if you're playing him, that means you're not playing some of the, like Kyra is, is he's probably out of the rotation as long as Sadoransky on the team. So it really depends on how you have that, how highly they view Kyra. And then I'd say it's a, I think Kyra's third and JV is fourth, but I, I kind of, I have Kyra and, and Valentinus close because Valentinus is expiring and who knows the Pelicans could look at what it might cost to resign him and see that, think that that's not worth it, especially after what happened with Steven Adams. Um, and, and so I, you know, I, I think that JV and Kyra might be closer than you may expect. That's interesting. Yeah. Sanoransky is also an expiring, which I think. Yep.
0: Yeah. I I agree with your order. I would say. I would say Sandoransky over Josh Hart just because, okay. just because if you don't find a trade for Josh Hart, you can re-roll his contract and sure, um, yeah. and be in the same spot. Whereas Sandoransky, if you don't find a trade for him, he's a free agent. And I, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if they bring him back. You know?
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Cool.
0: Pretty pretty similar. Uh, we're on the same page again. What you got next for me?
1: Um, let's see. We oh got. Um, there are so many questions. Yeah, yeah they are. Um, let's see, we already hit the so Zion the goat eight hit the question around, or we already talked about the favorite starting lineup projection and who do we, you know who do we think will Willie uh, Green will agree with start. Um, what, all right, so this is good from Caleb Lambert We we t- we started touching on this last episode, but which Western Conference teams do you feel the Pelicans are definitively better than? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's start at the bottom.
0: I feel like they're better than OKC. I feel like they're better than Houston. I feel like they're better than Sacramento. I feel like they're better than Minnesota. And then I would say they're definitively better than San Antonio.
1: Well, one more. I say they're definitively better than Memphis. We, we have the same list um I, I, I think so we talked about Memphis like I said last podcast I guess so the Spurs you know, like they're over they I mean over under pretty much dictates this too like that they're, it, they're, it puts the Falcons above them so I don't think that's a that spurs will take thing. I feel like that's a it's kind of a softball question almost the only the only controversy would be based on I think based on Vegas over unders would be Memphis. I think everything else that you said, it's pretty well aligned to what most people seem to be thinking about the Pelicans. Um, You know, even the kids, so the Kings over under 36 and a half, the Pelicans are at what, 39 and a half. Yeah. So, and then Memphis is at 41 and a half, but yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, I think Memphis is, or the Pelicans are a better team than Memphis, Um, but they're the only close call for me. I think everything else is is pretty, it's pretty, pretty pretty easy. Are there any, are there any other teams you think they're close enough to, to say that, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't at all, like assuming like reasonable health expectations for all teams. Is there any team if the Pelicans end up over them, you're like, yeah, that wouldn't shock me. But even if you don't think it likely.
0: Yeah. Portland, um, Golden State,
1: and even the Clippers this year without Kawhi. Yeah, I think. Um, so any chance for Dallas. So can the Pelicans win a division?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Sure, I'll put Dallas in there with that that group for sure. Yeah,
1: especially because they have Jason Kidd, man. I I have a hard time with Golden State. I feel like again, I if I guess my the assumption I put on the table is that you know, so Clay comes back and he's good, um, good like right. But he's coming back in like January, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. And the Warriors added, they got better in this offseason, right? I mean they added who they added. Otto Porter. Yeah. Uh they
0: added Igadala back. They added they added a few shooters, I think.
1: Yeah, so I'm I, you know, I I I struggle with them a little bit, but I think I'm, I'm with you on Portland. Although the Nance, the Nance trade makes that tougher because that was a great move for Portland. I think Nance fits really well with the Blazers. And so um but again, I'm I'm am backtracking my own question to ask you it's which ones wouldn't surprise you. And so I think that's I think that's fair. I think I think the Clippers are very I I I, am, I think I'm most in alignment with you on the Clippers of all of all the teams you you named, which maybe a maybe a bit counterintuitive. Like but they're they're over under 44 and a half. So what do you just, think about the Nuggets? Because Murray.
0: Yeah. I mean Jokic is incredible. So he he probably doesn't need Murray, but like I think their depth is well yeah i mean i think their depth is worse than last year right
1: yeah i mean it was hard for them because they're pretty constrained so they got jemichael they got jemichael Green back <laughs> who i like but he's like at best he's a depth piece um but yeah they i mean they really didn't do that much um so uh, uh, Jeff Green was good at, it. I, I think Jeff Green helps. I don't know how much longer in his career, Jeff Green can help for, but I think he still helps.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, th- you, I guess we can put them on the same tier as all those other teams. Basically it's like, yes, the Pelicans, I say if everything breaks right for them and, and things break mostly wrong or decently wrong for other teams other than like LA and and, and Utah, uh, I think the Pelicans
1: have a chance. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, so you're not you're not um giving rookie ears to bones yet? Oh no. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Okay. What uh whose question I don't remember whose question that was. That was I think it was that was mine. Yeah, it was mine, right? You're up.
2: Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times. The money you put in the main reason I'm excited about over under on sleeper. It's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download sleeper now to play their new over under game and have fun with your friends. And most importantly, make some money. Make sure you use that promo code blue wire and sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download sleeper, then use promo code blue wire. When you deposit terms and conditions apply, see sleepers terms of use for details.
0: I'm up. Okay, shoot. I actually closed out the questions. I'm an Um, to hey, pick one while I find the questions.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> B day. Well, well, 80 ever thank New Orleans. <laughs> no, <laughs> no that's almost a joke one i got i can buy another one um yeah we agree um let's see um uh well, all right, we haven't talked about little, little herb jones action um so the big red chief asks what is your take on herb jones being a small ball five with this team and do you see him starting the season with the Pels or in birmingham
0: uh, I, wow. Okay. Yeah. I love the idea of Herb Jones being a small ball five. And I think that he probably starts the season with the Pelicans because he is on a, a real contract, but I spent, I think he spends a lot of time in burn Yeah. I
2: think
1: that's, I'm just, yeah, that, that, that's probably fair. I'm just thinking about, yeah, he's on, he's on that real three-year contract. So he probably starts in new orleans i just i don't see a real pathway to minutes so like it's cool in theory like sure but i think it, it would have to be heavy lot lots of injuries for for him to get that get that shot or just like you know late game situations i just yeah it's not not a clear pathway to, to minutes for him out of the gate so
0: x zep pepe or 40 420 moonwalker Asks, how bad will attendance be this year with vaccination/slash negative test requirements? Um, well, I think if they're not limiting the number of people who can come into the soup or the Smoothie King Center, then I don't think vaccination/slash negative test is going to be a barrier for people to attend because I think Orleans Parish is I think 72 percent of adults have received at least one dose of the vaccine uh, already. So I think if you're someone that goes out of their way to attend Pelicans games, you're probably going to go out of the way to attend
1: Pelicans games. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's fair. And I don't, I, And if, if the attendance dips, it's not because of like, this is a leading question. That's bullshit. In my opinion, like it's not because of vaccination or negative test requirements. It's because it's people are or are not comfortable going to a sporting event like this. I mean, I think, um that plus like you know you have to consider how much of people's discretionary income COVID has impacted so
0: like if people who would have had the funds to go to games and do events like these you know may a lot of people don't this time around
1: yeah yeah ida too i mean but the combination is just not not great for you know so um yeah i just think we're we're um creating a like a, a, a like a false indicator of sorts here i don't think that's the I don't think that's the driver between it for any, you know, attendance that, that may occur. Yeah.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, next question. Um, there are so
1: many to pick but, from, but a lot of them are kind of uh, the same. We've got a couple. And- um, I, we got a couple on the uh, I, I, extras um, that are more fun instead of basketball related if you want to go there.
0: Yeah. I'm going to let you go there. I want to, I want to answer one, one okay. basketball one yep. before we, before we do that. So it says uh, from who that boss, any word on what Zion and BI are working on to improve their game? Um, no like specifics, but I do know that they had team workouts in Phoenix. They are some, some, some of the players are in Charlotte at the moment. And next week they're supposed to have voluntary workouts in Nashville. So, uh, but no idea what they're working on specifically. No clue. I mean, I know with, with it, Brandon, the focus for him was to get his weight up and to become stronger. So that way when his weight inevitably dips, when he's in season, it's, it dips to a higher level than,
1: than usual. So we can, um, so he can play the four on defense and the two on offense. Sure. he weighs less than most point cards (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, um okay so um mayor of metri asks is cereal a soup is cereal a soup yes why
0: because it's it's food suspended within a liquid that can be heated up and drink warm. So if ramen noodle soup is a thing, then cereal is a thing as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. cereal is a soup as well.
1: I think it's. I think that's totally fair. I mean, I, there's nothing about soup that means it has to be warm, right? And there's that, that's not that's, the definition. That is true as well. That yeah. is true as well. It's basically cold soup. Yeah, like I don't think that, I think that's pretty un, non-debatable. And- well,
0: I mean, it's, it's one of those things, right? So in technicality, the cereal or like the cereal is like the flakes, right? But if you put them in milk, then it becomes a soup. right? Yeah. Okay. So mm. if you just ate cereal raw, of course, that's not a soup, right? The soup is
1: the act of putting it in the liquid, in the broth. Actually, you know what? I'm, I stand corrected. I just looked up because this is what I do. I looked up definition of soup. Oh God. <laughs> and it, def- it does say a liquid dish typically made by boiling meat, fish, or vegetables in stock or water. And so I guess, mm, yeah. So by, by definition, maybe it's not, maybe cereal is not soup
0: mmm hmm what about oatmeal like don't don't you like boil like I mean you don't necessarily boil but it gets really hot right to, yeah. to make the process of making oatmeal
1: probably better argument to be made there than uh, than, than uh, cereal to be honest yeah well I think it's a soup we've um so we've got we've got two more from um friends of uh at least twitter or bourbon tree shots friends um so uh one's gonna be very embarrassing to answer on my part but um there's so An- angie and charles both asked questions um which one i feel like maybe we, you want to just end with those two or you have, you have others Sorry, right. can you repeat that question i totally spaced out <laughs> <laughs> i had no i had no questions basically uh just asking i i we had a couple more questions for what from Angie and from Charles uh, LaRocca I figured you yes. want to end with those, yeah, let's do that cool all right so let's uh let's go to Angie first um, and oh man, as an author, I have to ask <laughs> last books you read oh
0: yeah, um I'm in the middle of reading the drunkard's walk i'm i it's uh it's a non fiction book about basically the theory of randomness and how people uh people overestimate the ability for, for like, I guess not overestimate people underestimate the impact of randomness on their lives. So like when people are like looking for patterns, when people are, um, trying to do any kind of analysis, they, their intuition, their gut generally leads them astray and, and leads them to making predictions that are, um, that they think there might be a pattern behind but when in reality it's just randomness dictating the the series of outcomes that they're that they're observing and so it's called the drunkard's walk how randomness rules our lives and um been listening to the audiobook of it as, long, as well as reading it because it's nice to get in the car and just listen to a chapter or two if i'm going somewhere nice yeah
1: that, i think i think i think dell Demps would argue the same <laughs>
0: Oh, man, it makes some really good points. I mean, I recommend, I recommend like anyone that's like trying to like get into any kind of data related field, um, or even get into like software engineering, or get into business or sales or any any kind of that stuff to, to read this book at some point. But um, yeah, obviously, if you're, if you're not in, in fields that work with a lot of numbers or rely on, on things like that, then you know, it's probably not going to give you much practical use, but it it may be good for your knowledge either way.
1: So similar to you, I think most recent book I've read is more just, it's, it's based, based on, it's for my own, like, it's related to my job and just like learning things about like my, my field and what I'm, you know, what I'm working on. I haven't like Angie's going to unfollow me with this, but I haven't, I haven't read for pleasure in years. <laughs> like, I just like, don't, I, I don't budget the time in my day to do it. And like, I, that's, that's bad, but um, I'm much more like just reading, reading shorter articles or reading, um, you know, shorter books, like I said, related to my, my field of work and not really doing not reading books for, for pleasure, which is unfortunate, but that's just, you know, people prioritize different things. And I feel like that's, that's just something I haven't done a lot of in a while.
0: I feel like you would really, really like this book because it 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 uses some you know examples from like the business world and and how like executives try to make decisions and and basically like one of the examples it uses is um you have these big like executives in in Hollywood who are responsible for like selecting movies and and they're basically judged upon the like you know how like the movie like does um for their studio um at the box office you know how much money it makes for them and so you'll have an executive who picks a string of movies and they're extremely successful. And then the next few string of movies that their studio produces um, are not that successful and they get fired and they bring in someone else. They pay them like 30, $40 million a year to do the same job. And what happens is after they fire that person, um, the few movies that were already in the pipeline while that person was still employed end up to be like massive successes. And, and you're, they're like, okay, well what happened? Like do these major executives who get paid millions of dollars actually have any impact over what's going to be a successful movie or not? And, and the uncomfortable truth of the matter is it's just like random. It's it's totally (laughs) random. And there's no, you know, like that's not a reliable predictive factor. And then, you know, companies do that with CEOs all the time. It's like, we're going to bring in the CEO and pay them, you know, like millions of dollars, sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, our company stock is going to go up. Oh, it's like, was that the CEO? Well, chances are it probably wasn't the CEO that, that led to the stock going up or down. And then they really had nothing to do with it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Like, and you could even like make the comparison to whether it's business world or sports world, like how, you uh, know, the best, the, the best way to, to manage randomness is, is to have more of a long-term vision. And a lot of of people don't feel like they can do that because they're, you know, if they don't get results before then they'll be, they'll be fired. They won't be able to see that and blind the end of the tunnel. And so um, I think that's interesting. And I even think about, so you don't, do you watch billions? No, I don't. (laughs) So that the the, the season just restarted from, they they basically cut it halfway through a lot before like when COVID hit Mm -hmm. um, and they just restarted it. But the, the literal found the foundation of, so it's about this, this, you know, an amazing like hedge hedge fund manager so amazing in air quotes obviously but like um this super successful hedge fund manager and how they how he gets his start and this isn't a spoiler this is basically how the show starts they they talk they explain how he basically benefited from the events of 9-11 uh and like that's that's how like he profited off of that event and like became who he is and it's like that's it, it, like if there's any better example of just randomness like i don't i don't know it <laughs> you know yeah. like so yeah it's, for sure yeah um, In basketball
0: you know you see it with open threes all the time it's like the, the one of the yeah. biggest like analytics debates is like can you you know meaningfully control what teams shoot on open threes or are you just better off limiting those opportunities rather than trying to dictate their percentage you know
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: that's fascinating stuff fascinating yeah. stuff but yeah that's that's the the book i've been reading you said charles had a question
1: yeah. So let's wrap up this up. So, um, Charles, uh, Charles Araka, what's up, man. He, he, he asked, um, cure. I'm just curious as uh, for both of us, what's your favorite memory for, so for you from ultimate and for me from being a pitcher.
0: Ooh, That's a good question. Do you want to go first?
1: Um, yeah, I, I can, I think there's a, there's a, I've got probably, yeah, I got two of them and it's funny cause they're both like they're both more recent. And so playing like men's men's baseball here in Chicago. So we were talking offline about, about this ultimate and baseball stuff, but um, you know, one state in, in high school as a freshman played zero. <laughs> I didn't play at all. So like, yeah, it was cool to win state, but I had no involvement in that. And then um, I, you know, I think playing's been fun over the years, but I think the a personal achievement, Finally, I threw my first no hitter a couple, like, like three or four years ago, which was awesome. And, and the men's league I play in Chicago, and then we won, like, we won the title here, uh, like, three or four years ago in the league. We played with, like, a dozen teams. And it's pretty competitive. And, like, it was just, like, it was, it was all the stuff, like, you see on, on TV. Like, I was the pitcher for the final out. And so we did the dog pile on the mound. And, like, um, it was it it was just, it was so fun because I had never been able to, like, truly experience that type of postgame celebration in my life. And so, like, that, that moment is probably what I think about most. And, like, even though, like I said, just a stupid Chicago men's, men's league team. But it, 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 it felt really good.
0: Hold up, Marcus Alls going to the Grizzlies. No, wait, really? What?
1: You think he's just going there to retire? Wait, what what I didn't see I don't see this. Oh, wait. Oh, wow. Dude, can we talk about how I called this? I told you the second that that, that <laughs> the second that DeAndre got cu- or, or like got traded or, or saying he was gonna get cut, I was like, He's going to the Lakers, and Marc Gasol's gone.
0: (laughs) Wow. And they they gave up a second-round pick to send him because they were in luxury tax, and it saves them $10 million to move him. Oh, my God. Poverty
1: franchise. Wow. Poverty franchise. Wow.
0: (laughs) Dang. I'm looking forward to people debating whether Marc Gasol or Steven Adams should be starting. (laughs) Man, they have so that, many bigs. What are they going to do with all the bigs? They have Steven I, I, Adams. They have Marcus Shaw. They have Xavier Tillman. They have Brandon Clark. They have Jerry Jackson Jr. Which all those motherfuckers that said this means more Jared Jackson at the five. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Um That's 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 fun. You still got to answer the question at ultimate though.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> I have a, I have a few ones, but I think the one that stands out to me the most, it's kind of a long story, but the short of it is that we were, I was playing for the Tulane uh, men's club team and we were going to go to Santa Barbara for a tournament and me and a few friends had decided to go up the Thursday rather than a Friday, just to um, spend some time digging around in LA slash Santa Barbara slash the beach or whatever um, just give us a day to do that. And um, so we got there early and, you know, we like spent the night ca- like camping on like in, in Malibu and then, you know, had a great time in Santa Barbara the next day. And while we were in Santa Barbara, we were actually just gotten ice cream. Um, you know, we were waiting and and eating ice cream. We get a call basically from the rest of the team saying they're not going to be able to make the, the tournament because it threatened to snow in new Orleans and all the flights got canceled. <laughs> And so only eight of us had made it out there. And um, this was in a completely different state. And there were some teams that were supposed to be really good. Like UC Davis at the time was like the fifth best team in the nation or something like that. And we, that, that Saturday, we ended up playing games and we won three out of our four games, including winning, beating UC Davis uh, in the final game on like universe point um, which is basically like uh, when the game is tied and, and the next score wins. And, and so, and I caught that, that final goal and it was just like an absolutely insane feeling. There's like eight people, like completely, and it wasn't even like eight of our best people. Right. Um, And I was actually, I had a pretty massive ankle sprain at the time. And I I had taped up uh, like several layers of tape on it. And and like, I was maybe half a bottle of ibuprofen in, Um, (laughs) but we won. And uh, after we won we spent the evening on the beach because the, UC Santa Barbara campus is on the beach, basically, and you, we just walk down to to the beach and watch the sunset. and uh, It was a
1: great time. <laughs> nice, man. That's that. That's that's really awesome. How how did your body feel the next day? <laughs> oh, I did not play the next day, um, and I actually could not play for the
0: next two and a half months because I fucked up my ankle that badly.
1: Oh no! Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah.
0: I was. Um, yeah, my my doctor said I had a grade two uh, sprain and I had, um, a ligament tear in it. And I was like, Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, actually, yeah, it hasn't like, like, I've never been the same level of explosive, uh, since that, uh, injury, but
1: you know, whatever. Worth right? it. I don't, it's worth <laughs> it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's like the one thing every, every year. Like, I feel like I haven't like felt a like aging that much like i'm i'm uh, 33 now but i feel like the, the the one thing that was really easy for me to tell how my body is aging is the how i feel the day after i pitch like five or six innings because <laughs> oh, it God. is it has gotten way worse <laughs> over the years and so i've not played since before uh before covid started so it's been the longest time of my life actually not playing baseball i'm gonna i'm trying to get back into it next next year um Dude. but uh but man just not good not pretty. i played i played little league um like like almost every kid does right
0: and i i was a pitcher as well and way we would do it you know these uh, i'd be seven innings and the way we would do it is we'd have an opening pitcher i'd pitch the middle three and then we'd have a closing you know two 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 series pitcher and then sev- every once in a while like if i was on like a really hot streak you know my, the coach would keep pitching me and and there were some games where i just closed out the game pitched the last five and like i would go back to the dugout in between innings and my arm would literally be shaking and like on fire and i'm like Uh I don't know how I'm gonna do this and then I'd go back next inning, just keep on pitching and like and then I'd be good in two days because I was like 12 (laughs) years old. (laughs) You know, I'd be good, things would be fine.
1: (laughs) Yep, yeah, right. That then that that changes quickly. Don't think I understood how quickly. Yeah. Fun stuff. Well,
0: appreciate you guys listening in and um glad you guys got our live reaction to the Marcus All stuff. <laughs> poverty franchise. Yeah, man. Wow. I want to see what this does to the Vegas
1: over-unders. Why would it do anything?
0: I don't know. Maybe people are going to be like, oh, it's such a good fit. They're have a veteran presence. They're going to be a good team.
1: I feel like or, um, or I feel like it can do
0: everything that Jonas does.
1: <laughs> I would argue it it should do nothing to Memphis' over-under and and reduce the Lakers over-under by a win. Gosh. I hope DeAndre Jordan was promised to start spot. Oh, man. That would be just incredible. Oh, wait. Are they? Uh... So... Oh, wait. Because all the Grizzlies will work
0: together on a waiver.
1: Yeah. So he's not. Okay. So I. Oh, okay. Okay. I got it almost right. I... The wrong team is cutting him, but besides that, I got it right.
0: <laughs> I guess I said it will allow him to remain in Spain with his family. Is that retirement?
1: Yeah. It seems like
0: know. it. Uh, oh. I hope they retire. Yeah. Good for Memphis. No oh, problem. Thanks for listening folks. Myself <laughs>
1: What's up, everybody? I'm Bladen. I'm Matt. And I'm Theo. And we are Stay Hot, the only
0: podcast that gives you the hottest analysis and takes on the NFL and NBA all
2: year round.
0: I know that there's a lot of losers and haters out there who don't think
1: three sports TikTokers can hang for a full pod, but, you know, we're going to prove them all wrong. We're about to dive deep into the NFL draft and are already hitting the NBA playoffs.
0: So watch Stay Hot on YouTube or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.